Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of Prime Podcast. This is Vidya Bala and today it's going to be a solo podcast. I'm going to talk about the rather precarious market condition we are in today. Needless to say, the market has been sending confusing signals. On one hand, you see markets moving higher. There has been heavy profits that many investors are sitting on. And on the other hand, there are also corrections happening. And the macroeconomic trends are sending signals that are more confusing than ever. Let's take the US uh, Treasury yields, yields, which has been climbing higher and is now the highest level in over 25 years. And then there are other concerns, you know, uh, like the uh, real estate, uh, commercial real estate uh, crisis that the US is in and um, US recession concerns, etc. So uh, it is only natural that many of you have been writing to us, you know, asking what you should be doing now. And these concerns get elevated uh, when you're sitting on high returns, right? Although one might think that the Nifty has returned just under 10% uh, over the past um, you know, year, uh, the mid and small cap indices have actually delivered 25 to 30% and that's a lot of returns. And if you go back a little more, if you have been the slightly longer term holder of mutual funds, you'd be astonished to know that uh, funds have actually delivered anywhere between 18 to 34% over the past three years. 18% for the large cap category and large cap oriented and tending towards over 30% for the mid and small cap category. And obviously, some of the thematic funds have delivered a lot more. Now, that's a lot of returns in absolute terms. That's about 65 to 140% absolute returns in the past three years. So, um, you know, it is very natural that you worry whether these profits will dissipate and, you know, if a market correction happens and how do you really uh, shelter the profits, um, you know, that you have already gotten. So the first, uh, you know, point of worry for most of us is the macro signals that we are all reading about, right? Uh, if you take the US, the 10-year government yield in the uh, US has, you know, kind of hit uh, very recently 5.02%, which is the highest level since July 2007. And in India, the yield of the 10-year government bond is already at a high at 7.38%, and it actually rose close to 25 basis points in the last one month. That's a very steep hike. Right. So these are signals on whether, you know, higher interest rates uh, uh, would, um, you know, uh, mean that the economy will be impacted if it continues, whether, uh, you know, credit will be healthy and whether this will impact growth and so on. And very importantly, whether RBA will not uh, cut the rates for now. Right. So these are concerns and um, the questions that we have been receiving are broadly, you know, macro concerns and what you should be doing. Uh, very recently, my colleague Aarti, uh, you know, in her article, uh, cited this memo of um, Howard Marks, who's a great contrarian investor and a tremendous reader of market cycles. So in this memo, he explains, uh, you know, uh, about the mar uh, macro forecasts, like the US rates are higher for longer and so on, that everybody's been talking about. He says that these are usually priced into assets. And if one agrees... With the consensus view of such events, there is no point acting because the prices have already factored it in. When I say prices, it could be the stock prices or it could be the debt yields, right? Uh, so if that is what the market is already kind of, uh, you know, baking in, if you try to go contrarian, you know, there's a high probability that you could go wrong. 
and this is the biggest risk of trying to forecast uh, you know the market based on many of the macro signals that are coming to us now so uh, in our view you know these macro signals cannot be those that you can directly act upon so then what do you do how do you then try and keep the profits that you have rightfully earned over the past few years and there is no guarantee that there won't be any correction right let's talk about that so let me first talk about uh, the futility of trying to time the market um whether it is in terms of fully exiting your holdings in equity because you think the market is overvalued this is a question many of you have asked and whether you should move to cash um you know or even being able to try and time the entry and uh, exit and entry once again right um let's suppose that even if you manage to sell all your equity holdings you know just before a crash assume that you know we are at a peak and um, you know there's going to be a crash or do you think rebuilding your portfolio from scratch is even possible you know especially in a short lived correction think about it especially if you're a long term investor who's been investing for say 3 to 5 years or even longer many of you who have written to us have been investing for over 10 years it's so hard for you to be able to deploy all that cash back at the levels that at which you had originally bought in other words you might see a short lived correction for example you know like it happened in march 2020 right now uh, it was very short it was a th- short 30% and you know if for you to have participated back again you should have immediately deployed a ton of cash into the market would you have had the guts to do it when the market was correcting you know forget all the macros uh, think about it in a very logical way would you be able to deploy right a second question like uh, you know i said is would you be able to once again catch the prices at which you entered the first time or the second time or the third time very very unlikely i'll just give you a simple example it's easier to take uh, stocks to do that you know icici bank um, you know um, is now at 932 um, it was you know uh, almost um, you know 780 years ago or well lower a decade ago sorry uh, at rupees 79 now it's 79 to 932 you know what is the chance that you would have caught this stock after selling it at 932 back to 79 forget 79 at 100 or 200 or 300 or 400 not unlikely right you are not going to be able to catch it so what's the point in trying to say that i will enter at better levels right so this full exit you know entering stocks or i mean exiting stocks or mutual funds entirely and coming back will never give you the kind of averaging price that you had done over the years especially if you have been a uh, investor for many years so that's something that you always need to keep in mind whenever you think you can entirely cash out right and uh, that is as far as the futility of catching the price is concerned as far as um, you know the events macro events and the impact you know in the market is concerned the one and only thing that you need to remember is in the long run the returns of you know your stock portfolio or your mutual fund stock portfolio will be decided by only one factor which is the earnings growth managed by the companies in your portfolio right uh, let's take the case now of you know factors such as the us bond yield us commercial uh, real estate crisis or the recession that is happening 
no they are not uh, you know so much reason to uh, worry in terms of directly impacting uh, the earnings trajectory of indian companies yes they can have some impact here and there depending on uh, you know where the foreign currency i mean the rupee depreciation happens or uh, you know whether um, you know the recession causes commodity prices to go up and therefore input prices go up. but these are cycles right so if you are with quality companies and you expect earnings growth to eventually happen what is the point in entirely calling it a dooms uh, day and cashing out entirely right so whichever way you look at it whether it is in terms of macro concerns or in terms of being able to average price um we don't think we are very clear that you should not be exiting equities as an asset class entirely especially if you are several years away from your goal as in you don't need your money it is a very different call if you would need the money in the next one year or so and we'll talk about it uh, later in this discussion so now that i've said that it is futile to try and time the markets and you run a, a big risk of not being able to re-enter it then how do you book profits without timing the market right this is a question that is a very um, you know legitimate one because you have huge profits and very likely those book profits will not translate into cash when a correction happens some of it will just fall by the wayside because in any correction uh, the possibility of all the stocks or all the funds gaining back to their original levels is always in question because some of them fall out and uh, some of them um, have other concerns that may not allow them to grow back so taking off some profits is always a good idea but how do you go about doing it right so first let's take the case of those who need the money in the next couple of years if you had been investing for say 10 years or 15 years or 20 years and you need the money in the next couple of years you have every reason to be cautious by reducing your equity allocation even if your normal equity allocation over these years have remained say 60 40 or a 50 50 and so on or even higher you know you should consider not entirely exiting equity but significantly reducing it to say 30% or you know 20% depending on how far you are away if your goal is like even a year away it makes sense for you to you know kind of uh, come out of it you can do this in a phased manner uh, you know um uh, you don't have to worry too much about immediately exiting all of them maybe in 2 3 months or uh, you know or tranche of 4 5 months uh, which you will have to eventually do anyway when you near the goal you can do it and prune your equity significantly even from your original allocation so that's point number 1 when your goal is maybe you know 2 years or even 3 years away especially if you've been investing for 50 20 years please keep that in mind right because the higher the profits you know the sharper uh, you know you will lose uh, the quantum of the loss uh, will appear to you right um but what if uh, you know you are still investing you're still building your uh, corpus and um, you know but you have some profits right now that obviously is simply done without timing the market through what we keep harping about a simple rebalancing technique which can be followed annually or in times such as this you know you can still open your portfolio and see what's happened how do you do this if you have a say a 60 40 portfolio and it has moved to say 65 or 70 30 and so on 
then you know that your equity is inflated much beyond where you started. That already means that equity has run up a lot and you will have to bring it back to your original risk allocation, your original asset allocation. So, um, you know, that's typically what I try and do with my portfolio. You know, I may not do it annually. Sometimes it's much later because many a time when you look at your portfolio, the equity component would have grown by, say, two or three percentage points. So 60, 40 might have just grown to 63 or so. It's not much. Even if, uh, you know, I'm not straying too much from my, uh, you know, original risk. So I'm not too bothered. But if I am deviating a lot from my, you know, um, uh, original asset allocation, then it's time. So you can keep a cutoff of, say, five percentage points or more. There is no sanctity behind this, but five percentage inflation in your equity essentially means a lot of profit okay this is something that you know if you do the calculation you will realize so you can uh, you know take that as the minimal deviation in any asset class whether it's equity the same is applicable to debt too please remember and if you are unable to identify this easily you can use our asset rebalancing tool to know how much you know your equity um, yeah, and debt allocation have deviated from your original allocation once you keep this, you know, thumb rule uh, and uh, if your portfolio has not crossed this, you don't have to really worry too much about it in our view. Then if it has indeed crossed, you know, how do you go about rebalancing, right? Broadly, there are two ways to rebalance. One is that, needless to say, you cut back uh, on uh, the asset that has inflated, which is typically equity and add it to debt, right? Or you bring in fresh money, adding it to debt to bring back the asset allocation. Now, bringing fresh money is not a good idea unless the other asset class that you're putting into has a very clear signal of, uh, you know, giving returns. For example, if debt uh, yields are at a peak and you know that there's going to be a fall in yields causing a rally, then it makes sense to put in money. So, in general, you have to observe before putting in money or in you know in some cases like say the 2008 crash equity would have fallen so much you know um, that it makes sense for you to deploy more in equity rather than just cut back if you had the surplus money and this the key is are just two things one if you have the surplus money two very importantly asset class that you are adding to must have an opportunity there may be times when even debt doesn't have an opportunity so there's no point trying to add too much there so the best is to then do rebalancing the only advantage of bringing fresh money is you can avoid any taxation impact. But if you're going to rebalance, obviously, there will be some taxation impact. So that's something that you keep, need to keep in mind. Now, having said this, when you're going to rebalance, most of us have this tendency to, you know, uh, reduce uh, the ones where we have high profit, which is a good thought process. But before that, the more prudent thing is to exit the underperformers. Right? This is the time in market where your underperforming funds will also have delivered some returns. You can use our Portfolio Review Pro tool. You might have some funds that are suddenly seemingly doing well but are actually very inconsistent performers and we may have a sell call on them. Right? So check our tool and uh, make sure that this is the time that you actually weed out the poor funds which may seemingly be, you know, uh, returning high. These are the times that you can actually, you know, cut back um, on the um, losses or actually gain a bit and prune them out, right? But what if you had no underperforming funds, right? And if you have no underperforming funds, you will naturally see which 
category that you hold has inflated more right typically in this kind of markets the mid and small cap obviously would have risen more in terms of allocation for example if you had given say 15% allocation to mid and small caps they are at 20 25% now you know that you have to prune them right so look at individual category allocations that you made originally and bring them back to the original allocation so a 20% of mid and small cap will come back to 15% if your large cap was um, you know 25 and it had grown to you know something like uh, 30 you bring it back to 25 if it's just couple of percentage points you don't have to unless you are overall bringing down the equity allocation right first underperformers which you would have already done so that would have taken care the next is the uh, categories that are most inflated you know and that will typically be in a stock market rally mid and small caps or you know large mid uh, category or the multi cap category and so on you can go in that order right um in rare cases you might see debt this is not the case now but i'm just sounding you off supposing we have a huge debt rally and your debt funds have delivered say double digit returns which is quite possible in categories like gilt constant maturity or even corporate bond you can consider pruning them even that amounts to inflation of an asset class because over a five year period you will notice all these corporate and gilt funds go back to their mean returns which is 7 or 8% so what happened to the 12 13 14% returns they just kind of normalized so you might want to take profits off them in case your overall debt looks inflated debt was say 40% and it's now 45% in rare cases when equity has fallen this might have happened so you could consider reducing uh you know that as well you know when you uh, do that always uh, you know uh keep your liquid shorter duration funds etc um and try to book out of the ones that have really gone up which will be the duration ones right you can do those now coming back uh <clears throat> if you reduce equity and you're putting them in debt where will you put them right it is not necessary that you should always put them in mutual funds in our view if you're just trying to park them in the sidelines you can even keep it in your savings account if the amount is not high you can keep it in short term fixed deposits the only thing downside is if you want to redeploy them into equity when a market correction happens then you may not be able to immediately take it right for this purpose we usually say at least you know out of the profits keep you know some amount say 5 to 10% in um, liquid uh, funds or uh, you know very short term funds so that you can remove and put them in equity if a correction happens and if you are the kind who will time the market right if you are not bothered about putting you can actually go ahead take it put it in treasury bills you can put them in short term fds which are giving you good uh, rates provided they are from uh, decent banks or uh, you could put them again in mutual funds uh, in very liquid and uh, short term instruments and uh, um like i said if you decide to put them in liquid short term etc you can you know keep it as you know some 5 to 10% um you know set aside of your overall portfolio in this liquid condition to be able to deploy them in into equity when you want to do that right when you do all of this you're adding back 
you know you're cutting make sure individual funds do not get too concentrated because our tendency obviously would be to add to existing funds you don't want to keep adding new funds but if the existing fund you know uh, you know in, in the case of equity say becomes over 25% of your portfolio then it's a lot Simil similarly in the case of debt if you're cutting in equity and adding in debt and it becomes you know 15 20% of your portfolio that's a lot right have a higher threshold for equity have a lower threshold for debt in debt we don't want too much concentration given the various risks that debt can have and uh, if you already have a very concentrated portfolio you can consider adding a new fund if you're simply adding to index funds please don't even bother about concentration it doesn't matter right it depends on where you're adding if you're cutting back in equity and adding in debt uh you know make sure that um, the individual debt funds don't uh, become over 15 20% of your portfolio so this is broadly you know the rules that you can apply and please remember the other option that i haven't said so far is when you book out you can also consider adding gold if you don't already have it gold is a diversifier and especially if you think there is going to be a market correction and your equity is inflated gold does make sense you know or the 5 or 10% like we typically say can be added in gold and the same rebalancing should and can be considered for gold as well if gold inflates so these are broad general rebalancing principles you can apply what is um, you know um, uh, relevant today which is equity as inflated but in general you can apply it for debt you can apply it for gold so what are you doing here instead of looking at market you are looking at your own portfolio and seeing whether your portfolio has returned well if your portfolio has returned well it makes sense to take some profit out and rebalance to reduce the risk in your portfolio irrespective of what risk the market might have if you had very recently invested what's the point right of exiting and then trying to re-enter other than tax you are not really you know taking out any substantial profits so don't try to do this rebalancing one too often and for very recent portfolios right the other thing is <laughs> you may not need rebalancing if your portfolio is really you know several years old unless your goal is uh, suppose you are holding a 15 20 year portfolio right it's if you want to rebalance you can do it for your own satisfaction but unless your goal is like you know within the next 3 years or so um you want you can rebalance it's fine but if you're trying to again enter on a correction remember the first thing that i said you may not be able to average them so uh, it is for your own satisfaction that you're actually removing the profit it is not necessarily averaging so the point i'm trying to make here please don't get confused on this uh, sorry if i'm sounding confused for very long term portfolios rebalancing is not a must you are just doing it for your own mental satisfaction and of course you would do it you would reduce equity definitely if your goal is you know just a few years away so that's the point that i'm broadly trying to make when you hold an overall portfolio of equity and debt and gold this portfolio might have mutual funds stocks and gold i have largely dealt with mutual funds and i'm going to discuss in a bit about what you can do with stocks So when it comes to booking profits in stocks it takes a very different turn because in stocks what matters is the individual potential of the stock rather than where the market is set but broadly we can agree 
that when the market is rallying a lot, many of your stocks would have moved up as well, right? So how do you go about, um, the, uh, you know, booking profits in stocks? Here again, the first thing is it's linked to asset allocation. You need to, first of all, see how much of uh, your equity or your stock portfolio accounts for the overall equity portfolio that you have. And in that, you know, supposing you have a 70-30 equity debt allocation, the 70 including stocks and mutual funds, and this has inflated to say 80-20, you know, we go back to the same rule. If your overall equity portfolio is inflated, your mutual funds will be inflated and so will your stock portfolio. So only in that case, you can actually take it as a clue to start looking at your stock portfolio. Here again, don't make these all or nothing calls. You know, stick to the minimum equity allocation, like I said, at all times. Even uh, when you're like few years away, reduce your equity allocation, but not entirely exit equity allocation. So what I said in mutual funds applies here also. Now, um, when it comes to uh, removing stocks from your portfolio, here again, it's not the tendency is to take out the profits in all the quality stocks or sell those stocks. Don't do that. Try to weed out some of the poor loss-making stocks that you held for long or those that are gaining a bit, but they are not quality in your own assessment, right? So once you've done that, the same applied with mutual funds, right? I said sell the underperformers. Same applies here, right? In this rally, you will actually have many of the dead stocks that hadn't performed for years going up. This is a good time to exit them. Uh, when it comes to holding good quality stocks, don't try to sell the stock. There is always a difference between selling a stock and booking profit. Booking profit is just taking some of the profit and allowing your corpus or little more than your corpus to continue there, your original capital, right? How do you go about deciding which ones you should take profit from here? I don't think just the quantum of profit matters. What matters is the valuation. In other words, it is not the percentage gains, like you got 40% in A stock and 60% in B stock, so I will, you know, kind of um, reduce the B stock. No, valuations will matter, you know. So the reason is that when the stock earnings, the company's earnings catch up very fast, right, it may have given returns and yet valuations might seem reasonable. For example, if we gave a stock call uh, whose PE had, say, you know, 24 times earnings and it has delivered 25% and it is still at 23, 24 times, what does it imply? That the denominator, the earnings has caught up so fast that it has kept pace with the price, right? So the valuation hasn't gone rich. It hasn't gone into bubble territory. So there is no reason for you to kind of exit. Whereas a stock which has given the same 25% returns uh, was 25 times when we gave the call and is today at say 60, 70 times, um, you know, uh, or even moved up by say 30, 35 times, it has become, you know, more expensive. So there is typically when we start assessing whether there is upside potential in the stock or you should take some profit out or for that matter, even exit if you think it's become its upside is capped or there are other concerns and so on, right? So that's one thing that you look at. You go by valuation. It could be price to earnings. It could be price to growth and so on, right? Um, and uh, like I said, um, you know, face out your sell calls. Like I said with mutual funds, 
don't try to it's like doing a systematic withdrawal plan in uh, mutual funds a similar thing can be done because it is taking that last bit of upside that is there in the market if you try to do it all in one phase you might actually lose out right so do it in a little more phased manner so that you can kind of get those little bit of upside so don't try to sell all the stocks that you have identified or book profit in all the stocks that you have identified in one go just do it in a phased manner even if you lose 5% 10% because you didn't time it right it doesn't matter it's it's still better because the other probability is that you would have lost the upside right so that's fine and um, you know i already uh, said that you should exit loss making positions this is a good time to do so and it is compulsory that you prune your stock portfolio in these kind of market rallies the tendency is not to do because you see the underperformer suddenly performing so well that there is a tendency to hold down never mind you know you if you still have qualitative concerns over the stocks you should you know basically they are your low conviction bets so always look at them as low conviction bets and high conviction bets and you should sell your high conviction bets only after you sell your low conviction bets and even in high conviction please don't sell them i'm saying by sell book profits and keep the capital right so um that is something that every bull market will offer you an opportunity to exit those poor picks that you did and you should capitalize on them and um, it has been my um, you know uh personal view uh, that i never sell stocks unless i have a redeployment plan for them right the redeployment may not happen right away but i would have had stocks in mind for example if i decide to book profit or sell three or four stocks i might still keep them in cash but i would have already created a list of stocks that i'd like to enter you know if the market affords some opportunity by way of correction so that's the only way you can allow the stock compounding to continue you might give a very temporary gap but by exiting entirely out of your stocks unless like i said you are nearing your goal and you need the money there's no reason for you not to create a wish list you know stocks that you like that are uh, probably you know too high in terms of uh, comfort for valuation in terms of valuation and you are going to watch to see if they will correct if you believe there's going to be a correction obviously right so uh, this has helped me many times and if not if you don't have the time and you still book profits one thing you know that you can do i did this in 2008 because i was at a loss in terms of where i should deploy right in um, october 2008 and march 2009 i simply put in the indices in the nifty uh, basket um, you know uh, and also the next uh, and that time the next 50 was doing well not now um, so you that is if the market crash is huge right it's and swift and you don't know where, you know whether there's going to be a deeper correction or you're just worried about picking a certain stocks or you think that they might fall further I mean if you're a very seasoned investor you will deploy in phases and pick those stocks but in the worst case scenario I'm saying you can still invest in the index when everything goes down you know you can seek shelter with the index at least you know that at some point when the market moves you'll move with the market so that's the comfort that you get so those are the broad points it's actually simpler with stocks right 
it's simpler because uh, you follow your own rules you already know which stocks are good in your uh, portfolio those that you have high conviction or not so you when you follow them it's easier but if you don't obviously if you are following prime stocks etc you do know that now we do have our buy calls and a sell call and book profit call and a hold call when we say book profit especially we do call out that you should take away the profits although the company's fundamentals remain sound so that's something that you can check if you are sticking to prime stocks so while you book profits many of you would also be running sips in mutual funds so uh, you then you know kind of have this question i'm taking money out of the market i'm taking money out of my investments what's the point in investing again if i believe the markets are at a high right now there are uh, very obvious reasons although uh, you know contradicting that it might sound that you invest right away while you take out money the obvious reason for you know kind of uh, investing or continuing to invest in the market especially when you run a sip is that if you have goals your sips are basically disciplined monthly savings that you make towards your goals since uh, the monthly saving gives you a much better forecast of where you will be in terms of 5 years or 10 years down the line towards your goal it becomes compulsory for you to make those savings for example if a uh, market correction is prolonged or the market is sideways for a very long time for example 2010 to 14 was a very prolonged sideways market so you wouldn't want to even deploy money so then do you stop your savings you don't right so that's the primary reason in our view why we keep saying uh, contradicting as it may seem that please continue your sips and chances are if you're not able to you know deploy the money that you have uh, uh, booked now uh, immediately in a correction at least these sips will help you average because you'll still be uh, you know investing in correcting markets even if it is short at least one installment would have gone or couple of installments would have gone and then you can add additionally if you wish out of the money that you already booked out so uh, in our view uh, while yes when in a peak market your sips will average on the upside you're right uh but you don't have a choice because you don't want to stop the discipline of saving so that's primarily the reason you know uh why you should be a uh, kind of um, saving on booking profit you can keep them in the sidelines for 2 3 months that's fine it's not a big deal but if you're running existing sips etc there is every reason for you to continue those so i'm going to try and summarize all that we spoke uh, in this podcast essentially at this point the market sound precarious so if you're worried about whether you will lose the profits that you already have you should try and book profits but don't keep waiting for macro signals simply look at your own portfolio if your equity looks inflated or any other asset class at any other point looks inflated and the deviation is high from your original asset allocation go ahead and book profits you know there are certain rules that you can thumb rules that you can follow to book profits exit your underperformers exit those categories that are inflated exit those stocks that are overvalued they have moved significantly over the valuation at which you started and uh, you know deploy them uh, in debt liquid debt liquid funds or short term fds or treasury bills if you plan to redeploy them in the market use mutual fund so it's easier to exit 
uh, you can even keep the money in your savings account if uh, you know you think your savings account is earning uh, well as well. And uh, do not stop your existing investments or SIPs specifically for the simple reason SIPs give you a very disciplined mode of saving and you, you do not know when you're going to try and time your entry again in the market. It is best not to stop this disciplined saving habit. So with that, uh, you know, you can do away with the fear of what all macro signals uh, will do to your portfolio. In our view, they can at best be a very intellectual, uh, intellectually stimulating discussion for you. But when it comes to your own portfolio, stick to your own, you know, uh, portfolio allocation and your risk profile and keep it simple. So um, thank you for listening to our podcast. Do share the word and spread the word about this channel to your friends and family. And this episode was produced by Gaurav Menon and Rahul Matthews. Thank you. Prime Investor Financial Research Private Limited with brand name PrimeInvestor.in is an independent research entity offering research services on personal finance products to customers. We are a SEBI-registered research analyst with registration number INH 2000008653. The discussions or recommendations, if any, made herein are an expression of views and or opinions and should not be deemed or construed to be advice for the purpose of purchase or sale of any security, nor a solicitation or offering on any investment or trading opportunity. Please make your own investment decisions based on your investment objective and financial position and using such independent advisors as you believe is necessary. Financial products discussed herein are subject to market risks. Read all scheme and security related documents carefully before investing.